Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We're joined as always by myself, Jihei Wiley, uh, Brandon Deutsch, Jake Dicker, and the elusive Mr. Grant. Lana, hello guys. How are you? How was your night last night? How'd you enjoy a little uh, uh, all star all star action? Jake, you were there, so I'll let Jake go first. Yeah, <laughs> no, I went to I went to the Derby last night or on a uh, on Monday night and the uh, all star game last night. And uh, I mean, the all star game. I'm not gonna lie, the, the, being at the game itself without all of the mic'd up moments and this, the made for TV stuff. It was a little boring after the third inning. I'm not going to lie to you, but um, it was, I mean, it was cool. It was cool to see everyone there um, and just get to experience all of those, you know, big monumental events um, as a, as a baseball fan, it doesn't get much better. Yeah. It was, that game was over by the fourth inning, right? I mean, Gonsolin funny enough, and I know we'll bring this up. It's his first loss, but it doesn't count because it's an all-star game, which is hilarious. So he's still what 13, 12 and 0 or something crazy. But Jake, you didn't even get to see the the David Ortiz mic'd up situation where he went into the dugout on TV. That that was like the highlight of the night. Oh, that was so yeah. much fun. I was getting <laughs> texts throughout the entire game of this guy said this or this did that and like all the mic'd up stuff. And I'm just like, I, I gotta rewatch it all later. Mic'd up was really, really good this year. I think they knocked it out of the park with that aspect. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's because it's a Fox production. Fox does it right, guys. I mean, when it comes to MLB, in my opinion, I think Fox does a great job uh, when it comes to all those mic'd up moments. Was there was there anything that possibly we as the public maybe didn't see, though, Jake, that you definitely did see that was highlighted maybe um, while you were there? Um, I mean, like, just like Kershaw walking out to the bullpen earlier in the game, and which, which was cool. Um. But not much. I feel like everything that I saw, anything cool that happened at the game, you guys saw. I promise. Okay. Well, that's kind of disappointing, but I guess it's still it's still history, you know, in the making. I think that's the one thing that baseball will always be able to give us is that wonderful history, that American history. That and Jake, Jake was there at Kershaw's probably only All Star game start of his whole career. You know, illustrious career, Hall of Fame career, which is cool. Yeah. Very cool. 
Yeah, no, no doubt. No, definitely. Well, with that, guys, let's get to the headlines brought to you by Circus Sports, Circus Millions, and Circus Survivor Pro. Football contests are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Cannot wait for football season. It's coming up. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Let's do this. Well, the American League beat the National League 3-2 to two in the Major League All-Star Game for their ninth straight victory in the Midsummer Classic. Why has the National League lost so many All-Star Games in a row, you guys? And is the American League just more talented every season? Jake, start off with this one. I'll go after you. I want to hear what you th- what you think. Um, I, I don't think, I honestly don't think there's much of a uh, correlation. But I think it's just random. I'm being honest with you. It, it's just like... It's not like the American League is that much more talented. And these games are exhibition games where it's not always like the most talented. Like half of the time, the most talented guys don't play. Like tonight, Santiago Espinal of the Toronto Blue Jays, who I guarantee you, you've probably never heard of, got two at-bats. Mookie Betts got one back. Like the guys who are playing at the end of the game aren't the guys that the people show up to see. Um, So I really... It is weird that they've lost so many in a row. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're playing in like a four team tournament and they just haven't won it in 10 years. And like there's a bunch of other teams winning it. Like there's two teams and someone has to win yep. and someone has to lose. And they've lost so many years in a row that it's just odd. But I, I can't because it's different players every year, too. It's not like the same yep. guys are failing. Like I can't pinpoint something that that would result in nine or eight yeah. or nine straight losses, however many it is. Exactly. I also think it's important to note that for the past at least half decade and maybe a couple more years, even more than that, the National League's been considered a better pitching, um, you know, league pretty much for the most part. I think that hasn't changed really other than Tony Gonsolin, and every single pitcher pitched well. And for the American League, other than McClanahan, every American League pitcher pitched well, right? So I guess it's, it usually comes down to two guys. I think it's pure luck. I agree with, like, just bad luck. I agree with Jake. It's just, it just happens. It's weird. It's something you can't explain one of these baseball events. It's like eight in a row. It's like, I mean, there's really not a, a yeah. difference in talent. You, Yeah, go ahead, Grant. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. And it's like no, some, no, some guys that, that played tonight, it just seemed like they were either trying too hard, they were nervous, or because Shane McClanahan was electric up until this point. And this is probably his worst start. It's crazy because he's been absolutely elite. And then you take in Tony Gonsolin, who's, yeah, he had a rough start against the Rockies before the break, but before that, he was electric too. And then he gets roughed up. I feel it's. It was, it was just so weird to see some of these guys just way off the game. And, you know, obviously it was Tony's first. It was Shane's first. Um, you, know, you saw Kershaw kind of navigate his way. That's what that's do. But it was just weird seeing some of these guys that they're electric or been close to it and just not do that well. And then you see Plaza at the end just blow. He, he almost had an immaculate inning. He had 10 three game. Yeah. Plaza is untouchable, by the way. Yeah, this... Yeah. This might be a oh, sorry sorry about that guys, but this might be a really dumb question. But do these guys even care now that it doesn't really mean anything? Like this is an exhibition game now at the end of the day, as opposed to playing for something. So does this really even mean anything at the end of the day for these guys? Yeah, I would say you know, but I know Jake is inching to answer this question too. I would say it means something for the guys that are like new to this, like the guys that got the that gave up the runs, Shane McClanahan and Tony Gonsolin. It's their first All Star team, right? So they're obviously nervous. Nestor Cortez was even nervous. You could tell that, you know, when he was mic'd up, you know, that he was 
basically a rule five guy just a year and a half ago and now he's like the ace of a world series contender which is a pretty cool story by the way but i think it matters for the guys that haven't been there like the guys like trout and otani well otani wanted to otani loves it because you know the angels don't get much media attention because they're not good so he has to show up but the other guys that are like have good teams they don't really care if they've been there like the perennial all-stars so um, I don't know if they care if they win or lose, but you can't. Baseball is the one all-star game opposed to the Pro Bowl, the NBA all-star game and the NHL, which is a three on three tournament that you it's the most similar to a regular season game or a playoff game, right? You can't fake like these guys are going out there and they're still pitching. They're still throwing their pitches. Maybe they're not throwing, you know, their best curveball or their wipeout slider, but they're still out there throwing 95, 96 miles an hour. Ryan Helsley up to 103 tonight, by the way, which was absurd. But these guys are still in the box. Like, like in basketball, you don't play defense and hockey, whatever. Like in, in baseball, the one thing like what you don't run the bases as hard, like you're still up there swinging. The guys on the mound are still out there pitching. So even if they don't care as much, if they win or lose, I mean, they're still out there playing the game. It's hard to fake baseball without being entirely overmatched. You know what I mean? So, I mean no, I, I 100% agree with you. Grant, what are your thoughts on this? Do they care? To, yeah, I, I completely agree with Jake just because and also in, in the MLB All-Star game, you only get one to two at bats. You maybe get a few innings of work as opposed to the NBA All-Star game. You're shifting rotations constantly. So you're probably going to get way more minutes than you would in an MLB game. You get one at bat. I mean, Freddie Freeman got one at bat. Most of the stars got one at bat. And those are the people that, that you know, people came out to see. So. Um, I yeah. think Jake's right in the fact that, you know, they get minimal time out there. So the game is, you know, you, you're pumped up with adrenaline. There's a lot of young guys in MLB. So, you know, a lot of these young guys, they're going out there to com- compete and put their name on on the map, put their name at the biggest stage. So, um, yeah, I completely agree with Jake that, yeah, you but, get limited time as opposed to the NBA and NFL. Yeah, but I wanted to add one last thing, too. It's like you can't, it's not like going three times in the order and you've seen a pitcher, right? You got a new pitcher every single inning. That's what also makes it tough. You can't get into a rhythm at the plate, right? Because you're getting one to two at bats. So, I mean, it's basically most of the games over the past nine years have been low scoring because hitters are either going to hit a home run, strike out, or ground out. It's it's hard to get into a rhythm, especially against all-star pitchers. Yeah, Brandon, I want to kind of piggyback off of what you said about having to adjust to new arms. So no one in this game threw more than an inning, right? Some guys, I guess the three batter minimum doesn't exist in the all-star game. So some guys threw to two hitters, some guys only threw to a hitter. But after Shane McClanahan threw the first inning, the AL went, they threw um, 10 more guys. They gave up one hit, okay? They went seven afterwards. It's just like, and these aren't like crazy like wipe out guys that like were like a DeGrom or an, Al- or an Alcantara. These, this is, this was literally, it was Manoa and Framber Valdez. I'll give them that. And then it was Blackburn, Martin Perez, Nestor Cortez, uh, Jorge Lopez and Gregory Soto. Like guys that aren't necessarily like shutting offenses down all the time. Like these guys just weren't able to get into any sort of rhythm at the plate, which I think as we said earlier, the game was a little bit boring at the end. Like it just feeds into this this whole baseball being boring narrative um, that I don't think is is helping the game in any way. Yeah, I mean, to, to your point, um, Jake, I mean, these guys only going, you know, three pitches maybe in uh, into their rotation, not getting a rhythm. Is this hurting? Is this is this helping baseball? Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing for this all-star? Um, for this all-star? Go ahead, Jake. I'll go. go. No, take it. I'll, I'll go. Sure? I'll piggyback off I'll, what you say. Yeah. 
I was just going to say, I guess this is a subjective answer, right? Because Jake mentioned this the past couple days on the show. There's too many guys on the roster. That's one thing. You're trying to play as many guys as you can. Like it's a freaking little league all-star game, you know, where you have to give everybody in that bat. But there's obviously a lack of competitiveness there. But you also want to give guys opportunities, especially the guys that haven't been there before and the stars. So it's a, it's a twofold question, Jihei, because I guess you could give guys, look, you can't make it more than one game, right? Uh, you could always have the option of making it two, three games and getting full, like a weekend in of all-star baseball. But then that, I don't know, that wouldn't attract much. The one game is kind of the allure of the situation in the city. And it's like the last piece after the derby and stuff. At the same time, if you're just giving guys one or two at-bats, it's like we mentioned, no one can get into a rhythm. And guys like Jorge Lopez, who are known for getting through an inning, and just in general, even if you're facing the worst pitcher in the league, usually the starter can get through an inning pretty easily until the guys can see them two or three times through the lineup if they're any good. You know, so it, it kind of ruins that and it goes into the reinforced belief that baseball is boring, you know, and that's it's it's it sucks. But what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. Brandon, I think you nailed it. I think, um, you know, these guys, it'll never be more than one game. The reason these studs are only getting one at bat is because they don't want to be out there in a game that doesn't mean anything. And because the game doesn't mean anything, I guess I don't have an issue with them trying to get as many guys in as possible, especially the guys that probably won't be there again. Um, because this is, you know, a once in a lifetime thing for them. Like you heard Jose Trevino when he was mic'd up, well, the one mic'd up thing I did listen to on my way home, um, talking about how he just can't believe that he's an all-star. Like Mike Trout's expecting to be there every year. Like guys like that, like for them, you're right. It doesn't mean as much for them to be on the field, um, which is why they're not. And I guess that does hurt the product of the all-star game itself. But I think it's good for baseball to see guys from, you know, guys who are rule five draft guys, guys from all different paths to get to the league um, and especially highlight these guys who are having great years that may be outliers from the rest of their career, but they do deserve to be there for the given year. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts before we wrap this up, wrap this topic up, Grant? Yeah, I think they both hit it right on the head. I mean, you know, Jake's right. A lot of these guys probably won't be back. I mean, Blackburn burned through probably the core of the order. And, you know, we may never, I didn't hear about him until now, and then I, we may never hear about him again in the All-Star game. So you got to give these guys opportunities that, you know, either they're young or they're the middle or the back of their career and they need a chance to, to be on the big stage. So I think they both hit on the head. And and last thing, what about Blackburn, Grant, uh, going to flight commercial and then the Astros saving him and putting him on yeah, the private that, that jet? Yeah, too. He didn't even have a flight <laughs> to the All-Star game by his own organization. So the, yeah. he, he was flying Let's to, move the, him to, to Vegas the game with the already. Astros. Move him to Vegas. They so, have no money. <laughs> They don't care. What an embarrassment for the Oakland Athletics organization. I'm sorry. That's just bad. At least get him a flight. A nice flight, right? Like, come on. Like a for, like a first class ticket as opposed to just nothing? Exactly. I mean, yeah. like, I, I want the organization to have a better reputation. It's a storied org. It's been around forever. Like, it's the least you could do is get your all-star pitcher to an all-star game to represent your team, right? So... I mean, that's an L for the even more of an argument, though, for this team to finally be in Vegas or anywhere else other than Oakland. I just feel like, you know, if you're going to treat your players like this, you're going to treat your organization like this. Like, why? Why keep why keep the train going? Um, Well, we were able to see some stars, obviously, in 
uh, Stanton, who won the All-Star Game MVP, very well deserved as he hit a two-run home run um, off of the Los Angeles Dodger, Mr. Tony Gonsolin, in the fourth inning. Is Stanton poised for a big second half for the Yankees, guys? Um, you know, I, I love, so Stanton actually went to, uh, the same high school I did. So I have, I'm a big Stanton fan. Um, and I think he, you know, I think he's going to have a great second half. I think that that team, he's surrounded by so many studs in the lineup where they have to pitch to him. Um, he, he's going to run into enough balls in tiny Yankee stadium to, to, um, to get that home run total up there. And he's going to have enough opportunities with guys on base. I mean, he's just on one of the most stacked teams in the American League. And and there's no, I don't see any reason for him to not perform on that stage. They're gonna win so many games. If they wanna do that, he's gonna have to be a big part of it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, this is a guy who's hitting what, a buck 88 maybe? With like 13 home runs, 14 home runs, maybe just above 200. I don't really know his average by heart, but it's either strikeout or home run so far this year. He's been injured a lot of the past couple of weeks too. If he's healthy, it's obviously a plus. That's when the Yankees were winning every game. Who was healthy? Judge, Stanton, their whole lineup, right? Lynn Mayhew, even Donaldson, you know? So like they're gonna need Stanton to stay healthy to really contend and win the World Series. He's the key. You know Aaron Judge is gonna play well. Pitching staff seems to be, even though they're not doing as well as they started off, they're still gonna be good. Um, So, I mean, he's gonna need to be healthy for sure. Grant, you got anything to add before I move on to the headlines? As Jake was saying, he went to my high school too, Verdugo Hills, for two years, and they transferred to Notre Dame. So, I, oh, he went to both of your high schools. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. crazy small world. <laughs> His dad actually still lives down the street from us, but it's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, my dad knew him uh, when he was in Little League, and um, he's from the area, so obviously we have a big connection to that. Um, everyone around here loves him, and. Um, it was great to see him hit a home run on the big stage because he used to sit out there. So um, is he poised for a big second half? No, but he is a playoff player. He's always been a postseason player. When he played the Rays two years ago, even in the, the play-in game yesterday, uh, last year, it was he was absolutely elite. He had a home run, he had a double. Um, so he's always been known to be a performer in the playoffs. So I think they're just waiting for that for him. Absolutely. Well, staying on the same track with Tony Gonsolin, we got a couple minutes left, guys, in this seg before we go on to seg two. Um, Tony Gonsolin gave up all three runs in the AL and received the loss, which would have been his first loss all season had this counted and not been an exhibition game. Gonsolin also gave up five runs to the Reds in the final start before the All-Star game to raise his ERA to 2.02. Are these consecutive bad performances a sign for things to come, or and will Gonsolin, Gonsolin slow down in the second half of the season? Look, I, I said it on the show a few, like a week or so ago when we were talking about All-Stars and talking about Gonsolin and talking about guys like Tyler Anderson, who at the time hadn't made it. Um, the Dodgers have a guy every single year who seems to overperform in the first half, make the All-Star game, um, and then falls off in the second half, whether it's a Ross Stripling or an Alex Wood um, or a Hinchin Ryu. When he started the All-Star game a couple years ago, he ended up having a better second half than the other two. Um, but I hope it's not Tony Gonsolin. I think, you know, tonight, I think he really just made two bad pitches. He threw a, you know, a hanging splitter to John Carlos Stanton in the middle of the zone, which you really can't do to a guy like that. Um, and then Byron Buxton found a way to hit a 92 mile an hour fastball at the top of the zone, you know, out 400 some feet to left. Um, and he, you know, that's one of his, he loves the pitch at the top of the zone. He's always hitting that ball out. So I don't think that a few mistakes that two of the best hitters in the American League capitalized on 
um, should be should be uh, blown up into something that we're going to think that he's going to have a horrendous second half because of it. He's not going to have a horrendous second half. What he will do is revert to the mean. He'll probably have like a 3-3-5 three to three five ERA in the second half and finish with a 2-7 or 2-8 ERA. He'll still be good as long as he performs in the playoffs. That's all the Dodgers care for. The Dodgers are known, their pitchers, except Clayton Kershaw until recently, pitching well in the playoffs. Bueller's been doing it. May did it before he got hurt. Gonsolin will probably do it. And Kershaw's now shown he can pitch in the playoffs. So... They, they sh- I think Gonsolin's going to have a decent second half, but it'll be much worse than the first. Not much worse, but worse, for sure. I agree with both of you. I mean, he's definitely going to regress to the mean. I don't think he was going to have a 1-5, 1-6 ERA for the, the whole season. Um, but, you know, even if he takes that 2-5, 2-7 and an all-star bid into the playoffs, I think he has a lot of confidence going in there saying, hey, I could be a legit three when Bueller comes back and you get Kershaw at the top. So I think uh, Gonsolin's just going into... I think he's approaching everyone, every start that he has, just like he was a fifth starter. You know, grinding, grind it out, one at bat at a time, one inning at a time, win the inning, and um, I think that's shown the whole season. But you know, up until this point, but you know, going into the second half, I just really think that he's going to regress to the mean. Like like Brandon said, two seven, two eight, maybe even a three, but that'll be plenty. For the, I mean, they're already nine games up, so it'll be plenty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's leave it there for now, guys. And when we come back, um, we're just going to keep this gravy train going with Mr. Grant Moana. Uh, Jake Dicker and Brandon Deutsch and myself here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Well, welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show, guys, with myself, uh, Brandon Deutsch. Mr. Armani Buckets has joined us in the second segment, and obviously uh, Mr. Jake Dicker and Grant Moana. Thank you so much, guys, again, for being uh, here for the second segment. I know that we, we didn't say this before in the first, but it's kind of obvious that we are without Arash Markazi. I think he uh, had a little too much fun for that all-star game and, uh, you know, wasn't able to really join us here, um, traffic and all. 
just enjoying that all-star break. Um, but again, we are on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have any questions or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game event in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, please call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Okay, let's, instead of going to the Circus Sports guest hotline, we're going to go, we're going to stick with the Circus Sports headlines and we're going to stick with what Brandon gave us um going to the nba guys um colin sexton he's a restricted still a restricted free agent and there is no movement on the Cavs reaching an extension with him yet as the nba offseason has mostly been at a halt in waiting for a possible kevin durant trade do you guys think that the Cavs will extend sexton i do I really, I really think they will. I don't know. I mean, I think they have to at this point. It's kind of a similar like Aiden situation. Sexton brings value. I know he's kind of a ball hog um, and, you know, his efficiency is getting better. It's improving and he's a really good basketball player. There's no denying that. Long term, I don't know if he fits with the team. You got Karis LeVert, right? You got, um, you know, obviously Darius Garland, Evan Mobley. Yeah, Rubio, That that's the most underrated signing. I do think they're saving that last roster spot for Colin Sexton. I think they will come to an agreement. I think it's just like the Cavs are just being honest with him. Like, yo, we don't need you. Like, if you, if you want to get paid and go somewhere else, like, go do it. But I don't think other teams value Colin Sexton the same way that, you know, that I, I think they kind of view him the same way. I don't think he's a over $20 million a year guy. I really don't, despite him being able to get a bucket at any time. I do think he stays with the Cavs. I don't think there's a market for really him elsewhere unless it's through a sign-in trade. But who do the Cavs need? They even took Ochag Baji from Kansas, who is, you know, a scorer and can put in and bring minutes in right away, valuable minutes. So I like their outlook. I don't think they need Sexton, although at this point I do think they re-sign him and he's obviously an upgrade over a Mark Stevens on the bench or someone like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, in 20, last full season he played, so 2020, 2021, Colin Sexton was, what, 24, 25 points a game on his own? So he was very good individually, shown he can do that, but it didn't result to winning basketball, right? So last yeah. year he played 10, 12 games somewhere in that um, that realm. But the Cavs, I mean, you said he, you don't know how well he fits with the Cavs, but the Cavs team that he's going to return to is going to look a lot different than the Cavs team that he left. Garland's made a huge jump. They, have, I mean, Evan Mobley wasn't there in his last um, full year that he played in 2020-2021. So it's, I think it, we have to see how he fits with this team, right? And I don't think that there, as you're right, I, said, I don't think there's much of a market out there for him to get paid because he's kind of been labeled so early into his career as this like empty stats guy. Um but I do think he returns to Cleveland because I think that's his ultimately his best option. Um, see how he fits with this kind of new look Cavs team that looks a lot different than when he was injured. And, you know, see where see how he fits. If he doesn't fit well, see what you can get for him on the open market or um, on the trade market. Excuse me. Yeah, it, it seems like the, the money has dried up in free agency. So it's going to be a standoff. And it sucks because the Durant situation with Irving is a standoff. Sexton is going to be a standoff. Westbrook is a standoff. Donovan Mitchell. It's just a bunch of just posturing going on right now. And I was just looking this up when Tristan Thompson was a restricted free agent with, with the Cavs five or six years ago, he signed his new contract. 
it was kind of similar in the sense that there was all the money was dried up. It was really just negotiating between him and Dan Gilbert. And he signed it in October, October 21st. So this Sexton situation, I agree with both of you. I think he'll be back, but it's just going to come down to the years. Will he take the qualifying offer and bet on himself and go into unrestricted free agency next offseason? I, I think that Cleveland looks at it as you can be an awesome six man, maybe the best six man in the NBA. I don't really know what their thinking is with him, but it seems like they would much prefer him to be in a lesser role and be more of a complimentary piece. And with Sexton's age, I assume that he thinks I, I can still be a star type of player. And I don't blame him for thinking that, but the money's just not there. I do. I really want to hear what you guys have to th say about this Cleveland team though this season because I really think that people are underestimating this team's ceiling I know that people are high on them in the future but this season they can really make some noise they have a really really deep team and if you add Sexton to that team I don't see why they can't maybe push even to the second round if the matchup is right it's yeah. funny you mentioned oh go ahead Grant I'll, I'll respond after yeah no it's okay um yeah I was just gonna you brought up a great point because I was going to mention that the Cavs are such an underrated team going into this year, just because, you know, they had a bad ending to their regular season and then the play in it, it's unfortunate that we kind of missed how great they were in a, as opposed to what we thought they were going to be. And, um, you know, Jared Allen, you know, going down for what a couple months was huge for getting them down to that seven seed. They were up near the one seed for some of the year up there in January and February, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, in, in, in terms of Garland, I mean, it, it's crazy that, we're talking about this guy as if he's six man, you know, maybe he can be used as six man because you're know, coming out of the draft. I really, really liked him as like a duo with him and Garland. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like that, but I actually really liked that dynamic. And, you know, when he got hurt and you know, wasn't able to play with Garland for a full season and, and uh, kind of go into the playoffs and that whole playoff run that they had, um, it, it was kind of unfortunate, but yeah, in terms of Colin Sexton, I do think that he comes back. I do think that they bring him back, but you know, his value as a six man is huge. I mean, have this guy, I mean, he's very quick. He can get to the rim. Um, you know, his handles are very good. Uh, so, you know, he's a, he's a guy that if they use him as a six man, that's a pretty, pretty darn good roster. As Armin was saying, I mean, it, it goes without saying that Jared Allen was a huge part of that team, but then you add Ricky Rubio back at the mid season, I'd say around this, at this point, um, and you have a pretty good team there that can probably compete. So I like it. I, I think it's important to note that his qualifying offer is just over $7 million. You know, that's a tough situation he's in because he's not going to get more than $20 million a year in restricted free agency. And if he has a really great year as a six-man, kind of like what Brunson did last year for the Mavericks, he could um, demand $100 million from somebody with his age and his obvious talent that's there. He just has to impact winning. He hasn't done that yet. A lot of that hasn't been his fault because he's been hurt. But we'll see what happens. He is going to be back with them. And I love this Cavs team. Bringing back Ricky Rubio. This was a team that was top four in the Eastern Conference when they had Ricky Rubio. When they didn't have him, they just the, the wheels fell off of this team. Resigning him was great. We'll see when he can be healthy, when he can impact this team. He's the backup guard. Um, and then, you know, you add in Kevin Love was great last year. He's probably going to be great again. He seems to be doing fine with age. He's not completely deteriorating. He's still 40% from three-point range. Ochak Bosch, he's going to get good minutes right away from Kansas, one of the more NBA-ready players in the draft. And Mobley, Allen, and Garland are all going to get better. So I agree with Armand. I think this team makes the second round. Um, but the people that are in, in Cleveland really think this team has a playoff run in them. 
I don't think they do. I made a TikTok about this um, today, but I think they it's definitely um, likely that they get to the second round as a top five or six seed and then lose in the second round. I think that's like their ceiling this this next year, and it's definitely likely. My, yeah. go for it, my biggest gripe with the NBA offseason and the uh, talk going on is how everybody seems to be really high right now on the Sixers. And I want to know your guys' thoughts comparing the Cavs to Philly because, honestly, I think I would take Cleveland in a best of seven. I know a lot of that has to do with Harden, but I, I'm not really a believer on Harden. So what are your guys' thoughts on Philly versus Cleveland? Look, I mean, with Cleveland, it, it all depends on – you're saying currently with the way they performed last year given a whole well, other NBA regular season because a lot of these Cavs guys are going into big years. Like Garland's going into his fourth year. Coro's going into his third year. Mobley's going to take um, a big jump going into his second year. Um, guys like Lavert and, and Larry Markin are starting to enter that – um, you know, like show up, you got to show up type of phase. You're, you're old. You've been in this league long enough where you've kind of gone through and you're expected to show up and be that, that presence every day. Kevin Love, we'll see what, if he can repeat what he did last year. Cause if they can all do that, you know, four, we've talked about probably four, four, uh, five or six guys here. Four of them can take the jump that everyone expects them to. And that kind of that natural progression throughout the league. I think Cleveland's going to be really, really good next year. Um, because as Grant said, if Jared Allen doesn't get hurt last year, they probably finished in the top half or close, you know, the three, four, five of that Eastern conference. Um, who do you take in a best of seven? Depends. It depends because mm. it's depends. so tough. It depends. It's so because... tough. Because what version of Harden am I going to get? Right? Well, am I going to get of Mobley and Garland? Are you going to get? They could take huge. Leads. I think it all depends. I think it you all know? depends on James Harden. If James Harden's does, passive yeah. and is and is fourteen points, twelve assists, James Harden, or if he's twenty four points, eight assists, like step back three in your mouth, James Harden. That's a lot. It's a much different team with the same exact guy on the roster. I mean, I think he has a better mentality, Armand. Obviously, this offseason, he's taking less money. They got P.J. Tucker, who's a winning basketball player. Just He wins everywhere he goes. They got Melton for depth, although I, I think they should have kept that pick. I don't know how much Melton truly affects them. Um, he's a great player, but, I mean, long-term, I would have kept the 23rd overall pick and gotten someone that could impact them long term. Um, but you haven't I even mean, mentioned Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey's <laughs> gonna take a huge leap. That's that's obvious. He Tobias Harris leap. and his contract are still there. I mean, yeah. but but do you but do you guys see but do you guys see like championship worthy with all of these little cutbacks that he's trying to make and sacrifices that he's trying to make? Because I still don't. Yeah. I don't. If Doc either. Rivers wasn't their coach. They could win a championship. <laughs> so what coach? What coach needs to be put in his place in order to make them win a championship to get them to? I don't care. Put in LeBron James <laughs> Jr. as the head coach. Anybody but Doc Rivers will will coach that team to at least the second round again. And I mean, you don't even have to coach to get that team that to the Frank second Vogel's round. Is that Frank Vogel's music? Frank Vogel's music? Yeah, Frank Vogel. Oh my gosh, what a perfect coach that would be! Because you know he'd he'd require Harden to play defense, obviously, but he prioritizes defense. That'd be a great addition if they could hire him. Doc Rivers, known for choking, they should have lost that series to the Raptors in the first round, really, if Barnes was healthy. Um, and the Raptors are going to be better too. It's Scotty Barnes, I and mean, this is a bloodbath in the East. You know, we don't know, even know about Kevin Durant and Kyrie. They could be playing in Brooklyn. You don't know, you know? 
it, it seems like when when you look at Philly, the the whole narrative right now is that Harden is going to be back to old Harden, or at least that's what he sounds like. And my whole thing is, Brandon, you're nodding your head. No, I'm with you. I, I don't understand why this whole notion. I thought that he had adjusted to this new style, his new career, and now he wants to be superstar Harden. When you already have Embiid, who is that? You need to prioritize Joel. Oh, it's not just that. that. He can't get those foul calls anymore. Yeah. You know, and that's huge to his game. That's a huge, huge part of it. You know? So I'd make Maxi the second option next year. It sounds crazy, but that'd be great for his wow. development and great for the 76ers long-term because Harden really needs to be a pass-first guy next year for them to win a championship. I, I don't know. I don't want to get too like carried away with this, but there is, to me, a hint of that Westbrook mentality DNA, like just like stubbornness with Harden. And I think that we saw like trickles of it last season, but – it could get really ugly if he doesn't adapt and adjust. Give. And then if he doesn't, that's the worst, like that's the worst think, thing he could have. And and with that fan base, because they were already about to like start booing and they did actually, but they like did, yeah. once yeah. it like becomes a full season of it, I wonder what Philly fans are gonna do to James Harden if he doesn't. I'll tell you this, Westbrook didn't play. take a pay cut. Harden did, so I guess that's Hats off Commend him. him for that one. Commend him yeah, for that just, one. Westbrook was all about his bag, man. Yeah, but just because he took a pay cut doesn't mean that this is necessarily going to, you know, equivocate to a championship. If it does. It's all eyewash. It's eyewash. Harden midseason always, like, gains weight and, like, has some drama. He's like Kyrie. Mid-season, goes off to Paris. <laughs> exactly. And with little Baby. Yeah, he'll be in Paris with little Baby. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. He's always in Paris with little baby. I don't know. You know, I don't know what he's doing right now. Besties, man. In Paris with little baby. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, mean, he he gave him that fat, fat birthday uh, gift. Do not remember that. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, two hundred fifty thousand dollar watch. We're we're yeah. talking about Harden though adopting to this like like this passive style of play. I mean, last year he was twenty two points a game, ten assists, and, and seven and a half rebounds. Like we're so accustomed to him, where he put up thirty plus points a game for three straight years, and maybe he's not that player anymore. But I mean, twenty two point twenty two ten and seven and a half. Like to it's me, still it's still. I don't know if he's the number one option on a championship team, but as your number two, like I mean, it's got to be something, right? Yeah, it's not bad. To me, it's, I just think like. Other teams are getting so much better too. Like Barnes, Trent Jr., OG, and Anobi are both going to take leaps for the Raptors. The Bulls, well, they're the Bulls. They're not going to beat Philly in a series, but they'll still be good. Cleveland, like Armand said, depending on how much better Mobley and Garland get, could beat them in a series. So then it's like, and then Miami, Boston, and Milwaukee, obviously. Are they beating those three teams? Maybe Miami, but I don't see them beating Boston or Milwaukee next season. You know what I'm saying? So, like, at that point, the ceiling of this team next year is, like, yeah, everyone says championship or bust, and that would be the case if Rivers wasn't their coach. Like, they have a top-five roster in the NBA, right? Like, arguably the best duo in the NBA besides LeBron and Davis um, or, I guess, KD and Kyrie. That's kidding. Kawhi and PG just don't get any love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. I forgot about Kawhi and PG. They've been in walking boots the past couple of years. I forgot about them. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, you're right. They're the second-best duo in the league behind LeBron and Davis. But, uh, look, this team isn't getting to the – 
past the Eastern Conference Finals with Doc Rivers as their head coach. We all know this, you know? We all know this. The the hardened points per game is a lot less about how much he scores, a, a lot more about how he gets his points. Because the isolation stuff, it really has a negative effect on everybody else. And with every other team switching to versatility and wings that can basically switch on to Harden, and he can't really do that first step stuff that he was doing to get past his man. And now you, you pair him with, with a more a, a guy that wants to post up and Embiid. I know the pick and roll numbers in the regular season were awesome. I just don't I don't believe in it and I don't understand how a lot of people I I, I love Zach Lowe. He was saying that they're a title contender. I just think that that's that's too far. When you look at the other teams in the East, we Brandon, you just mentioned it, but I don't know. That it seems like a, a too big of a step to consider them to be a serious uh contender. Yeah. To me, to me, it just feels like Harden has the ability to like, like switch it on and off, right? It's not like he's he's playing a certain way like Westbrook did an entire year where it's like this is just who he is. Now, like he had glimpses in the playoffs where he's like, This is who I want to be again, and I'm going to do this at a very high level. Like I feel like it's just like he shows up to the arena and decides who he wants to be on any given day. Well, and if it's his team, right? If like if he can take the reins and have the control over it, then you know, maybe 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 a change can actually happen. Uh, let's get to this last headline before uh, time's up because we only have a couple minutes. There are some good free agents out there, guys remaining, including Hassan Whiteside, Montrez Harrell, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, if you call him good, and Dennis Schroeder, who expressed his interest in reuniting with LeBron and the Lakers on Instagram yesterday. Where do you think these guys will end up, and when will free agency start picking up again? I mean... Blake Griffin, I think we've seen that even if he gives, goes five minutes up and down the court, he's going to be gassed and his shoulder's going to have to be taped up. So I don't know if the Clippers or the Lakers want to touch that. I mean, the Clippers still need a third center, but um, you know, out of the guys out there, LaMarcus Aldridge has shown that he's been pretty good. I mean, first half of the year, he was borderline 20 points a game. And, uh, you know, then, he, you know, obviously you never know with his heart issues, you know, um, I hope he gets that sorted out, but you never know with him. So, um, you know, there's really slim pickings out there, but you got to understand that a lot of these teams aren't looking for that top guy anymore. They're kind of just looking at, you know, to fill in some bench, um, maybe get a guy off the bench to, to, to come and score, maybe get some rebounds, but nobody like top. So you're not going to find much right now. Um, I'll let Brandon talk about Hassan Whiteside. I just got one thing really quickly. Um, I never thought these words would come out of my mouth ever again, but I would not hate Dennis Schroeder being a Laker. Oh my goodness. Actually, Brandon, talk about your boy. Talk about your boy. <laughs> Oh man, um, I'll reserve the, the Schroeder uh, judgment. Uh, I wouldn't be. I mean, they have Scottie Pippen Jr. that they can bring up, so they don't really need Schroeder. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, eleventh in player efficiency rating last year. How is he not signed? When he's on the court, he's an absolute monster. I know he has a reputation for being lazy, but this is a guy that can impact a winning team. But again, it's a halt until the KD Kyrie situation gets figured out. None of these guys are going to sign until like October, right? So. I just really quickly before we wrap up, I, I'm still in on Blake Griffin. I think that he was, yes, he gets gassed very quickly, but I think Steve Nash did not give him enough opportunity. He had some games where he actually was really impactful down the stretch, um, but I know that I'm in the minority with thinking that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go with you on that one of the opposite direction. No on the Blake Griffin thing does not make sense. Well, that's um, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, 
This is the Arash Marakazi Show saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.